Welcome to the Next Gen Leadership Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Chase Merrill, with here my co-host, Wes Wimberly. What's up, people? What up, dude? So good to be back. We're going to have a, a, an awesome conversation Pumped. today. Let's go. Yeah. You, you, good conversation. Yeah. A needed conversation. It is a needed conversation. Yeah. It's not one we're experts on by any means. I'm no. At least I, I am not an expert on it. No, I think I'm so passionate about this conversation because of how often I struggle with it. 100%. How much I come up against it. It's daily. It's almost, it's daily, if not if not daily, it's weekly. Yeah, for sure. You know, as we lead the next generation, as we're ha- having conversations yeah. in our own teams and people, students yep. and parents, I mean, all yeah. of that. I mean, it even it is, it's beyond even just leadership stuff in the no. world of like yeah, yeah. ministry and and applies to friends, family, coworkers, spouses. Ooh, Oof. yikes! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we we'll, we'll dive into that in a, in a minute, uh, but thanks for listening. You know, we we're starting this is you know part of season two, and we're just so thankful for the opportunity to get to have conversations that hopefully will be helpful for people that are listening yeah. in any sphere of life that they're in, season of life that they're in. You know, we are next generation leaders uh, in this season, both of us as youth pastors and uh, leaders at a church in Olympia called Living Water. Um, so our primary uh, assignment right now is to reach the next generation and, and, and encourage, empower yeah. and uh, develop leaders to help help reach people uh, with the gospel. That's really where we're, we're at. But we know this applies beyond that yeah, to absolutely. other people where they're at. Uh, but before we dive into that conversation today. How you doing, dude? I'm doing good. I'm you doing seem, good. You seem like you might be... I'm doing good, but I'm also not doing good. I was like, you seem like you might be just getting a little bit sick. You know, I got a little bit of both. I'll give, you, I'll give you two. I have one reason why I'm doing real good, and I have one reason why I'm struggling. Let's start with the bad one. I am sick. Yeah. Let's talk about that Backstory. I never get sick. Yeah. But now, I can't say that anymore, and I think this is a real season of the Lord humbling me. Oh, yeah. I told my wife this morning. I'm never saying I never get sick again because this is terrible. I have no tolerance. Yeah, most of the people around you in in your cl- in the close circles have heard heard a phrase from you uh, pretty consistently, <laughs> like "haha, guys," like "yeah," like "I never get sick." Yeah, and we all been like, "Bro, one day you are, and it's gonna suck that you're gonna have yeah. to, you know, embrace that." It's but but I, I, deep down, I really thought you were right. Like, I, I've well, I thought you- I was right too. <laughs> I've known you for two and a half years up here. Honestly, I, I, think, think, I think this is a fluke. I think I'm still right. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen you be sick. So I, I really actually thought, I thought about it more. Yeah, like, maybe when did you move here? Maybe you start two and a half years ago. Yeah. I've, I, I mean, honestly, I haven't been that close to you I honestly for that don't long, think I, I honestly don't think I've been sick in two and a half years. Yeah, it's insane. Don't remember the last time I puked, that's for sure. Yeah. I All mean, right. but the, the world of sickness has hit hard, you know, in this season for yeah, a lot for of us up here. So it, it's crazy that you've even made it this far. I know. But now you're, you're feeling it maybe today a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I'm feeling it. Yeah. yeah. So that's my low. Uh, my high though has nothing to do with me other than that I love this man um, but Justin Bieber released his album yeah he did and yes he did uh, there are a few things that changed my life like changes has changed my life <laughs> and that, that's one of these things oh that was smooth dude yeah that was super smooth Jay Biebs uh, if you're listening I love you thanks for putting on an album yeah four years later Four years. What a journey. Let's go. Uh, high for me. I'll have to think about it a little. High for me. We had Holly and my, my wife and I were formerly in Modesto, California uh, at a church. Uh, under, where is Modesto? You know, good question. Yeah. You know, some of my Modesto friends. I honestly think Modesto doesn't know where Modesto is. <laughs> <laughs> Modesto, uh, you know, 
uh, shout out to Modesto, man. We we thought we were going to be there maybe for like 18 months to two years, and then we were going to get out because we were like, I don't, we didn't really hear a lot of good things about Modesto. Yeah. Uh, but but we knew God called us to go there, and then man, we fell in love with that place. The people are incredible, but it's still one of those places you don't maybe necessarily you know love the uh, demo the uh, the geo geography. That's the word. I, was, <laughs> I can I can think of good yeah, words. Totally. Uh, all that to say, our former youth pastors when my wife and I were in high school. And then, then after that, we followed and, and served them in f- for five and a half years in Modesto. They were our lead pastors, and we were on, on their team. Got to spend some time with us yesterday here in Washington uh, and join us for our high school service. Yeah. And Let's go. It was so awesome, man, to get to be with them. Kyle and Marcia Bethke out of Modesto, California, our lead pastors at One Church. Yeah. World-class people, leaders, friends, spiritual mom and dad, uh, my wife and I. So that was, that was a win, man, just yeah. getting to hang out with them. I, I mean, they weren't my youth pastors, but... You could feel it in the room, just the, like, almost, like, the nostalgia almost, but just yeah. the yeah. just the cool experience that it was to yeah. to do that. Yeah, it was so special. Yeah. It was so special. So I uh, love them. But that, that was my high. I don't, I don't really have a low right now except for, like, um, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to like Justin Bieber <laughs> a little bit more than I, than I did. I like him. I'm just trying to get into his music, maybe a little. You, you're 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 rubbing off on me a little bit, like the, how much you you like this music and this guy it makes me think like second yeah. guess some of my my stuff. Like, why don't I like it as much? I'm just I'm just so I'm. You're it's not low yet. I'm just you're not, on a journey I'm on a from journey. where you are to where you, you need to be. Oh, which is a perfect segue <laughs> to our our conversation we want to have today. Yeah. Uh, do you want to inter- introduce the conversation? You want to introduce the topic slash the the issue that we want to wrestle with yeah. for the next few moments together. Yeah, this is something that uh, stirred out of a, a struggle of mine uh, as a leader, as a human being. Um, that's what I love about these conversations, actually, because like it could be just about leadership, and no, it's like this is my humanity. Like, yeah, it's just life. being a human. Uh, this relates to it. So, uh, anyways, but I think the thing that I struggle with sometimes in my leadership and in being a human is. The word I used, uh, I was talking to Chase about this earlier, the, the word I used was a, a backbone, a leadership backbone, if you, if you will, or, a, or really just a backbone, period, um, to, as you're leading people, how do you differentiate uh, when you need to say what you think needs to be said, um, and uh, when is it maybe not the appropriate time, or, you know, or what is it in me that I am fearful of right. sharing what I think needs to be said. Right. Like if if someone is doing something that they, they know they shouldn't do or, you know, even just like teachable moments of like, hey, you could do this better or or honestly, you're not doing a very good job at this. Right. How do I have a backbone to in that moment with love bring truth? Right. Because what I what I think I struggle with it personally, and there's a couple reasons which we'll get into today. Yep. But I struggle with it um, even more so because I see other younger leaders or just other leaders, um, younger leaders. I'm like I'm like 12. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not 12. I'm 23. 23. Hey. Um, you still you still got a lot of fresh. Yeah. In you. Uh, but I see other leaders. It almost feels like all they have to say to to people that they're leading or people that are around them are just like good things, good things, good things, good things, or, um, and what do you mean by good things? Like, 
like great job at this or right. I'm so, so I'm so encouragement or yeah affirmation. just like just very he- heavy encouragement which is awesome and like that's probably something I could grow in like encouraging people more and encouraging people in a better way um, but it almost feels like that's all they get and so it's it, it, it rubs me the wrong way a little bit because how do we as leaders say what needs to be said when sometimes what needs to be said is not as like encouraging. Yeah. It's not as right. fun. It's not as feel good. You know, like, like how do I as a leader figure out like, it's, it's a tough one. Yeah. Like when, cause I think there are some times where it's like, like I, I need to be spirit led more than anything. Sure. And so I think there are some times where maybe I'm not going to say what I think needs to be said. And I, I'm going to be just, I'm going to be really loving here. Right. And really grace filled. And, right. but then there's other times where it's like, like, I think we do people a disservice absolutely by not bringing them truth yep. in love. Well, I think I was thinking about the reality of some people in my life right now. One, I am in a similar spot where I think about how many moments that I've struggled personally with knowing how to navigate, how to say the, the right thing at also the right time. Yeah. But then what I, what I think part of this conversation has stemmed from is ex- experiencing and observing so many people around me and around us at different times that it is it, it appears as if they are unwilling to say what needs to be said. Yeah. And then those people that should have had somebody love them enough to speak that truth don't have it spoken to them. And then they continue down a path that is either a unhelpful, destructive, unhealthy, hurts them and it hurts people around them. Where if someone would have stepped in and said something, um, you know, and, you know, truth and love in a moment like that. They could have, it could have changed the trajectory of their life. It could have impacted, yeah. right? And so that's, yeah, I absolutely. watch that happen all the time. And I'm like, I don't have maybe the relationship with that person yeah. to that's say what point. needs to be said. But I point. know they do, but why aren't they having yeah. it? That's a good point. And and so I think part of that's part of where this conversation has stemmed from is, you know, it's not only just my own personal journey for myself figuring it out, but I'm watching it happening all around us, which is why I think this conversation is so valuable to have uh, and wrestle with. Like, how do you know when to say when to say and how to say the things that need to be said Yeah. Um, in those moments when you're leading, you know, students, when you're leading leaders, when you're, when you're in your own friendships. Yeah. And I don't know if there's really a right or wrong, but there's definitely more clarity that needs to be fought for and probably implemented yeah. in our, in our lives and relationships and leadership. Yeah. Well, you said, you said something there. Um, I thought it was interesting. Uh, you said like right or wrong. And I think sometimes it's hard to discern the difference between the between the two, when what you have to say that maybe needs to be said is true. Sure. Right? Yeah. Like this true or false. Right. I think sometimes we can equate that to like the right or wrong moment. Yeah. Right? Like if it's true, it, that must mean it's the right moment to say right. what needs to be said. Right. And I think I think sometimes like what I think needs to be said may not be what needs to be said. Right. Like I think there's like a little bit of a humbling thing there too. Sure. Like what I think, like I'm not God. And right. so what I think needs to be said may not need to be said, even if right. it's true. Right. I think I, I think I struggle with it a lot. Yeah. Well, I, I think, I think when you look at Jesus's life, like I, I'm so, I'm so intrigued by the moments that he decides when and where to yeah. reveal truth. Yeah. That's so interesting. Right. Like there's some moments you can tell he's holding him, he's holding back. Not because like, you know, he has to, but he's choosing to, he's, he's, he's got some degree of, of reserve for what he's about to communicate to the people he's communicating to. Cause there's some, there's a, there's a divine, you know, insight there, a discernment by the spirit that's guiding him in that knowing, yeah, I have the truth right here, but I'm not going to maybe reveal it in this moment the way that, or, or when he's like, he heals somebody 
And then he tells the dude, like, hey, don't go tell a bunch of people about this. Yeah. What? <laughs> what, what is that, right? I mean, something to that yeah. effect that Jesus models some of this. And, I mean, you know, you and I both would agree that is the greatest example and model to study the heck out of and yeah. fall in love with yeah. on this issue. Because I think the closer we get to him and the, the more we spend time reading the word and letting his life and his words saturate our souls, I think I think the healthier we are going to be personally in yeah. these moments navigating it. But but it is a difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you you bring up Jesus and some of the moments that he had with people, and I think of like, uh, I think the the condition of the heart that the people he was talking to had. Yeah. Right. right. So you look at the woman caught in adultery. Right. Right. She was probably. I mean, I wasn't there, but you know, she was probably pretty broken. Yeah. You know, at least it seems. You sure. know, she literally thrown into the midst of everybody. You know, after she just got you know, like just humiliated. Right. 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 And. And he just speaks love. Right. Right. He speaks grace. He speaks love. And then you look at the, you know, that's the condition of our heart. Say your condition of our heart is brokenness. I, I can't, you know, necessarily confirm that. But right. you can you can kind of imply that with him between the lines. Yeah. And then you look at maybe like a Pharisee who like they do something, you know, you brought a vipers or, you know, like those more like aggressive tones that Jesus comes at. Right. You know, and look at the condition of their heart. Right. You know, a broken heart versus a proud heart. Right. You know. I think mean, I think that's a healthy like. Oh yeah. But I I don't know that I don't always know the condition of somebody's heart, and so right. that's that's a tough one. There's, there's two thoughts I have to that. Just as you brought both of those illustrations, one in that that moment with the with the the woman caught in adultery, right? He's he, one of those moments we have that example of like him having all of the religious leaders that are there ready to stone her, basically be like, hey, how many of you you know you without sin be the first one to, to yeah. throw the stone? They all begin to drop their stones one by one and and walk away. Yep. And so he's loving her right in that moment, but then he, he kneels down and has that like, you know, go and sin no more moment, but there's nobody else around I mean, for what we can, you know, what seems to be implied from that moment yeah. is it's just him and her now. Yeah. Uh, so just on a real practical end, when it comes to speaking, I have, I have messed this up so many times where I, I am on, I'm on a truth bomb yeah. and I know it and yeah. I know what I'm about to say to somebody is, I mean, again, I am not God. There is plenty of room for error. But I'm pretty darn sure that what yeah. I have to say is the truth. <laughs> I love that. And uh, and there's that feeling of like so, where I've where I know I've messed up have been not discerning the moments of having the the moment of truth telling in love uh, with other people around versus that's just that one on one. There's that's just a real practical lens lens that I know that I've not I've not I've messed up where I wish that I would have just waited. Yeah. For for less people or the right people Ooh. or or just one on one to yeah, have that moment where there needed to be a little bit more uh, constructive feedback rather than you know a bunch of people around even though it was totally the truth yeah I mean that, that's one example I, I see right there with with Jesus and the women now that's not we still have the issue here that like you could still be in that one on one moment and it still might not mean that they're yeah gonna gonna receive it yeah. or be receptive to what the truth yeah. is that you're sharing yeah uh, the other thing you talked about was um, the condition of the heart. <sighs> sometimes that's the issue. Yeah. Right. Like sometimes I want, sometimes when it comes to the people that I'm around, when it comes to the things that I want to speak the truth to, it's, it's actually to their heart. Yeah. It's inside stuff. It's an inside job stuff. Yeah. That's good. And, and that's, I think even more difficult. Like, yeah. um, you know, where you pray, God gives you discernment. 
in those moments and be led by the spirit. But sometimes like it's not even just the behavior I want to talk about adjusting. It's a heart thing. It's an yeah. attitude check thing. Yeah. And um, we really need the spirit's help to navigate yeah. those moments. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think we, uh, it's just out of curiosity. I think some of us can be like truth seekers. Yeah. Right. Like strong we're, justice. Yeah. Gauge. We're after the truth. Sure. We're after the, you know, the justification and, um, the, you know, there's that justice thing in us. Um, and then I think there's the other, the other side. Um, where do you think you land on that spectrum? Like, I think there's some people who just like naturally lean to this tendency of like, I want justice. Right. I want truth. That's probably where I, it's probably where I reside closer to. Right. But then I think there's this other side where like you maybe have a, a harder time bringing that. I don't know. Like, yeah. wh- where do you feel like you fit in that? In that oh, spectrum? Yeah. Well, I always feel like, I always feel like when it comes to other people, I'm so quick to demand justice yeah, and, and hold them to it. I want to hold them to it. But when it comes to myself, how quickly I'm, I am to feel yeah. like, give me grace. I'm a work in progress. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, per- I'm not perfect. Progress over perfection, you know, yeah, that whole, totally. right? like, but yeah, when I, you know, I feel that sense a lot with other people, sometimes it's easier for me to be like justice man you know yeah. but but then when it's me i'm like whoa, whoa whoa chill a little bit let me give me some time to grow yeah. um I'm, so that's something that's i'm aware of that i want to be healthier in because i want to be i don't want to hold people to a standard that i'm unwilling to hold myself to right yeah but i definitely lean more to just believing that that you know there's there's truth to be found there's truth to be had there's truth yeah. to be held on to and it should trump our feelings it should trump our opinions you yeah. know and and then, you know, I just, I'm thinking about a lot of conversations I've had that I've messed up yeah. that I wish that I would have, you know, not, not stood, not moved away from my, my value of truth and justice, but approached the way that I communicated it yeah. to a human being differently. Yeah. That's a good question. Yeah. Can you think of a moment in your life where, oh, let me phrase it like this. When I think about leaders that have spoken into my life, throughout my life, you know, 28, so still on the younger side of leadership and life and all that, right? Um, I think about the moments of encouragement and then the moments of correction. Yep. And uh, the things that stand out more than anything that, like, I have been built, built, built with were those moments of loving but firm yeah. correction. A, a parent, I think about parent, my mom and dad, I think about my pastors, I think about leaders, I think yeah. about coaches. And those moments were like, hey, they pulled me aside. I can't, I mean, I have so many crazy stories of those moments of feeling yeah. like, well, embarrassed or like ashamed or whatever. But like at the end of it, when I had someone who, who really did love me and was believed in me more than I believed in myself, they had that moment with me because they saw something that was deeper yeah. than just what was currently going on. And those are the moments that I will look back on that yeah, built me. Totally. And it, what's crazy to think is it's, it, here's what it seems like more than ever. With the next generation especially, how less frequent those moments are being had. Yeah. Because of, you know, several reasons. We'll probably hit those in a second. To think about how much I was built in my life by those moments of someone speaking into something yeah. that, that, that he wanted to speak truth into that needed to change in me. If they wouldn't have had those conversations, I wouldn't be the leader that I am today. Yeah. I wouldn't be the husband or dad that I am today, right? Yeah. The friend. Yeah. Um, thank God they had those moments. Yeah. As uncomfortable or difficult as they were in the moment because it helped me. There's 
it, so it's just crazy to me to think that like people won't ha- people don't have those conversations as yeah. much anymore because of some reason. So what, what anything to that? Do you can you think of any stories for you personally, or or, or you want to just dive into what do you think are some of the top things, the reasons why people don't have tough conversations with people, truth and love conversations with people? Yeah, uh, I I can definitely think of some some. I'll give two. One is an example that personally happened to me, and then ones that happened to uh, uh, a story my dad would always tell me, and because I think both are really helpful. Um, but the one for me. Um, uh, I remember my pastor, um, before I was married, before I was engaged, um, in the dating season, yeah. right? Valentine's Day was a couple days ago. Shoot, shoot. What, what? Um, but, uh, in, in that dating season and with dating season comes like, like what, what is the line, right? Where are the boundaries sure. kind of questions that you have to, uh, you got to figure out, uh, in order to, uh to be wise and to walk out uh, a relationship in purity and all that stuff. And so was really figuring that out kind of on the front end, trying to, you know, figure this stuff out. And, and I had a meeting with my pastor and, um, and I was kind of sharing with him like, yeah, like this is like some of my boundaries. And I, I remember so vividly, <laughs> I get done with my, you know, my, you know, what I thought was this exhaustive, extensive list <laughs> of boundaries. And he, he had like three or four words that he said, and he said, he said, that's not good enough. And I, and I, I look back on the moment and, you know, you could hear me say that and think like harsh, like, sure. God, who's your pastor, you know, but like, I think back on the moment, I think like, that, that drastically changed my relationship. Yeah. Like that pushed me to a place where I was like, you're right. That this isn't good enough. You know, like this is a big deal and I didn't take it seriously. And, uh, and so that, that's one example that like, you know, usually when someone hears not good enough. Right. That can, that can strike some, you sure. know, and there was, there was probably some risk in him saying that, Sure. but there, there was definitely, you know, that definitely, that can strike some identity issues in some people like of, you know, you know, years of feeling not good enough or, right. you know, right. people have spoken that over you. Right. And, <clears throat> but I, I think, that, I think I remember, I look back on that moment and think like, man, that, that, that changed, that changed everything for me. Um, and something that I was thinking about when you were sharing, uh, kind of phrasing the question, was like the where was my you know where was I in the scale of teachability like how teachable huge. how teachable was I huge you know in that season huge because if you you know you think back on the moments you've had where you know you know it, it was more of a like correction moment like how receptive were you in that moment compared to how receptive you are now looking back with twenty twenty hindsight sure right I think there's a there's some there's some contrast there of like you're probably not as receptive in that moment, yep. you know, sometimes sure. as you are today. Sure. Um, but, but, but either way, I mean, they help shape and mold, yep. you know, who you are. And then the other one, um, which like stuff like this doesn't happen. We can get into, you know, why things like this don't happen. But my, my, my dad would always tell the story of how, he, you know, he was talking with this guy and, you know, he was, you know, pretty prideful in this season of his life, kind of, you know, working through some of that. Obviously he didn't feel that in the moment, but, um, you know, a common phrase that was coming out of his mouth as this other guy was talking, this guy that was, you know, a leader in his life per se. And he just kept saying, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Just everything. Like, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> and this guy, <laughs> this guy literally, they're at, I think they're at like a, a restaurant or some, somewhere across the table eating food. Right. And this guy literally reaches across the table, grabs my dad by the shirt, 
pulls him like right up into his face and says, you don't know jack squat. <laughs> right. And, uh, and a lot of people like today, like I think a lot of the next generation. Oh, who, could you imagine doing that right now? Yeah. Like, like a lot of next generation don't have these, these corrective moments. And I, I, I don't want to be over. Right. No, I don't want to over speak like right. they don't have any work ethic, you yeah. know, because I, I don't think that's necessarily true. But sure. there is less of that correction, less of that backbone to say what's true, what needs to be said. Right. And, um, and my dad looks back on that not as this moment of, like, humiliation or, or even, like, punishment. Sure. But looks back on it like uh, this, was, this was out of love. Changed his life. Right? And that, that's scripture. Like, the Lord disciplines those whom he loves. Yeah. Like, when, when have we lost sight that discipline means a lack of love or an absence of love? Right. That's just, that's just not it. Yeah. Well, because at the end of the day, it's about, it's about a temporary moment of uncomfortability. Yeah. For a, a more long-term moment of health and thriving because yeah. that that's honestly what it, it, it for me that's what i see that's that's why anybody would speak to something in those kind of moments and risk uh, offending risk hurting risk being misinterpreted because they see something in the moment that potentially with where it's going will impact the future of, of a person's life of their of their leadership of their relationships and so they're willing to take an uncomfortable moment for a future uh, a greater future health and thriving yeah that's love to me yeah, but in the meantime, it's still been it's still really difficult. And, I'm, and you mentioned like, kind of like the next generation, like so we're 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 with middle school, high school students right yep. now, right? You know, Gen Z to the core. Yep. We're also involved with young adults, young adults you know, you know, and, and the matter millennials, and you know, I'm a millennial. You're technically like when what year were you? Were? I think I'm right on the border of millennial and Gen Z. You are you because kind of, you kind of straddle. You straddle I, both I think worlds. it's the thing where it's like you straddle both worlds. I operate I, I operate as a millennial. Yeah, you straddle both worlds, but you are you are. You're old for your your age yeah. in that way, like you're more mature for that. Yeah. Uh, I also I also grew up with four brothers who are older than me. Yeah, that's very so true. Right. I grew up in a millennial, yeah, atmosphere that's, environment. That's a good call. Yeah. All all that to say, uh, and then but we also have parents of these students, and we yeah. got you know ad- adults on our team outside of our own millennial generation that are part of our teams. So so we're across the board, but it seems as if more than ever the ability to speak truth and love to somebody that is in the younger generation has become more and more difficult to do and, or they have less backbone to even receive it. We have less backbone to give it. Yeah. Um, and I say backbone to receive it more so like they're, they're less receptive yeah. without being crushed. Less teachable. Maybe. Um, I'm learning more than ever how, how valuable relational equity is with these, yeah, pe- with huge. these people in these moments, these students and these leaders, yeah. these young leaders. Yeah. Um, I had a conversation with a, with a group of young leaders the other day and in part of our intern program, they were talking with me and we were, I was asking them for feedback about where we're at as a, as a program and what, what God's doing, how we could get better. And a lot of things that came out of that conversa- conversation, uh, they were mentioning were just the value of relationship yeah. and, and, and the ability to be receptive to some of these moments. Um, and that being predicated upon how much relational equity has been built in there. Yeah. We're, where maybe in different seasons of uh, different generations, the relationship factor may have not been as important as we're seeing it be now. Um, so how do you navigate that? How do you navigate moments where maybe you know something needs to be said, but you're second guessing or you're not you're unsure if the relational equity is there or not in order to say it and it be received well? Have you experienced a moment like that? What do you do? How would you encourage a listener? that might be in that situation right now. Yeah. Well, I think, I think evaluating a relationship with, with somebody is, is healthy. So like if you have, 
Uh, let me explain that. So if you have, you know, say you have maybe some form of correction or you're just seeing something that like that just doesn't maybe conflicts with who you know them to be. Yeah. Right. I think that's a good thing to, to notice. Um, before you go to them, evaluating your guys' relationship. Yeah. You know, like, is this someone that you go to when you're going through something? Is, right. it, is this someone that you, you know, let into the, you know, maybe the little bit of a deeper part of your life? Because like, there's different circles of, of trust, right? You know, I think, like, at a church this site, like, I just, you know, hosted uh, for our main service. Like, I'm not, I'm not releasing my, you know, my struggles and my deep, dirty laundry right. from that platform, sure. right? But but there are closer circles, more you know, smaller circles, tight knit circles, right. and so I think like I th- I think evaluating like are they even in a circle for you? Yeah. Like I think that's I think that's a good thing. Um, I think but where that doesn't really apply is when you're a leader right. of like younger leaders because right. you know for you someone like you like leading people who are you know fresh out of high school like those aren't people you're sharing your deep stuff with right right. Um, but as you lead them, I think part of it is, you know, they've given you permission yep. to speak in their life yep. as, as joining the team, as joining, you know, whatever they're a part of that you're overseeing. Yep. I think part of that is just, you know, I sign my name kind of thing. Um, but I, I think um, really, uh, you know, evaluating like or even evaluating like how many conversations have I had with them? Like, have all my conversations been correction? Have all my conversations been you know, and that's really loving. Good. Like, like look, like take a little like uh, uh what what is that? Uh, take a little bit of a uh, audit. Yeah, of, aud- a, a gauge of how many encouragements yeah. have been in, built into the relationship as a recent. Yeah, verse. kind of just uh, assess that because oh. I think that's I think that's so important because because then I think like you know if you don't you look back like a year from now and then you look back like man this person you know. Uh, you know, it just doesn't feel like we're close or you, right. or you just like pick somebody that you're leading. Like how many conversations, like what if you look back for a year from now and all those conversations you had with them were just correction? Yeah. Right. Like, that does not build relational no, equity. It doesn't. I, to that point, I, I, in that same conversation I mentioned just a minute ago with these young leaders, part of our program, um, in that same conversation, I, I had to have a moment. I didn't have to have a moment. I chose to have a moment and the Lord was leading me in a moment to, of, of just straight up repenting to one of them. Because I had that the exact thing you just said was was revealed to my heart and illuminated by the spirit that had been taking place where I had due to the nature of schedule, due to the nature of the the rigor of the season and, you know, all of the things around it. There had been more moments where I had had some degree, not a ton of like like difficult conversations, but just even just light moments of of correction or this could be better ness. Yeah. (laughs) And not this is doing, you're doing good here. And it was, it was out of balance. Yeah. And, and to that point, I think that's, that is huge. Yeah. It doesn't always totally solve the problem because there's right, there's still going to be those people that you could encourage all day long. And the moment you say something that's corrective or, you know, speaks the truth in love, but maybe in a little more firm way, they can feel like, well, this is so different. You, you're loving, yeah. encourage me all the time. And now I feel like you're, but to your point, it's a great thing we have to be auditing with the people that we're leading yeah. to see where, where that's at, where that scale's at. Because yeah. I think it just, it invites a different kind of ear to receive, you know, when, when you have those moments. Okay. Let's hit, let's hit the, why don't we? Okay. Why don't we? Yeah. Let's like, hit, as, let's, as a leader, great. as a friend, yep. as, you know, part of a family. Yep. Like, what are some reasons why don't, why don't we, why don't we say what What holds us back? Yeah. Great. What, what maybe takes away our, our, 
what is the fear that, sure. that we have that sure. that creates us to not have a, a backbone to say say things that are difficult. Yep. Yeah. Um, I think that one that's really big, uh, and I'm going to kind of mix two words, but like uncomfortable and awkward. Yeah. And something that I've just been noticing a lot is like in this season of our world and our culture, like our people that are our age, people that are younger than us, like there's just this resistance towards being uncomfortable and being in positions of like, this is, this feels awkward. Right. Right. It's almost like, like, like I just don't do that. Right. Like I just avoid that at all. Like it's like, it's almost like it's escalated this point of like, I avoid awkwardness and uncomfortability at all costs. Oh yeah. Right. And I think that's one of the big reasons why we don't have conversations with our coworkers or our family members or our friends, because we, we fear being uncomfortable. Right. We fear the awkwardness of waiting for their response, right. maybe even. Well, it was like unpacking the next level under that is it's I mean, the way I look at it is like it's a control thing. Yeah. Because I can control when I'm comfortable. Yeah. When I'm uncomfortable, I'm I'm out of control. Yeah. When I'm when there's awkward, I don't have the ability to control how they respond or not. Yep. And and you're yeah. I mean you're so right uncomfortable awkward it it's just it seems like it I mean I remember even being in high school what so I graduated in 2009 so just over 10 this will be 11 my gosh um did you go to your 10-year reunion i didn't i was so close to it and i it was because i had a schedule conflict i really wanted to go and i would have because i i I didn't think those still existed they do they do those were like things like just in like back to the (laughs) future back in the back in the back to the future movie don't they have a reunion in that (laughs) yeah i didn't go i was i was really close uh where in high school like it i i mean i there were obviously people all around me that had a similar you know resistance to to come to come uncomfortable moments but i by and large it felt like more more people were willing to to dive into something that was uncomfortable to yeah. try something new to be yeah. okay with an outcome that they weren't able to control yeah differently than what it looks like even the next generation is yeah is experiencing so to your point i think you're right i think it's one of the biggest reasons why people don't say what needs to be said when it needs to be said it's the fear yeah. of uncomfortable awkward yeah moments yeah and i think i would say this for anybody that, you know, maybe struggles with f- the fear of being uncomfortable or even just the dis- dislike of being uncomfortable, uncomfortable does not equate to wrong. Good. Great thought. So just because something is uncomfortable doesn't mean it's wrong. Right. Doesn't, doesn't mean it's not what you should have said. Right. Right. It's not just because, you know the puzzle piece didn't fit doesn't mean like, I think we kind of think about it like that. Like what I should, what I should say should fit like a puzzle piece. Right. And it just, it doesn't, it doesn't, Yeah. <laughs> it no. doesn't always do that. And no, so it uh, if you don't like being uncomfortable, uh, you, at, at some point in your life, you're going to have to come to the crossroads of like, there are things that I'm going to need to say or receive be on the receiving end sure. that are going to be uncomfortable. And just because it's uncomfortable doesn't mean that something's wrong. That's really good. Yeah. And and like you just cannot grow in a comfort zone. Yeah, I don't know. If, I don't know if it was something Craig Rochelle said recently or somebody else I, I saw on, on Instagram. But that idea of like, it's impossible to grow in a comfort zone. I mean, yeah, God. Yeah. And, and then not only that, but like, God moves the most outside of a comfort zone. Yeah, I mean, so like you're you're not only not growing, but you're also potentially missing an opportunity yep. to see God move and and His power to be on display, uh, like never before. If you had stayed in a yeah yeah. Uh, that's number one. That's number one. Number two. Uh, uh, number two. 
I don't have to unless you have one. Oh, yeah, I, yeah you, you combine one and I two. Combine, yeah, 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 good, I good. combine it uncomfortable and awkward because I think yeah. they're pretty similar. Yeah, I agree. Um, but number two, uh, insecure. Insecurity. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm going to... I think this applies actually to both sides. Sure. Both the giving and the receiving end, but I, I want to really start with the giving. And... Because this is something that I, I really struggle with, and I think there's a lot of factors that go into why you'd be insecure. But it's this idea that that what you feel like you ought to say, even even like led by the Spirit in the moment, like, man, I just feel really impressed by the Spirit to say something to this person, whether it's, you know, someone you're leading, you know, or, or a friend or a family member or a coworker. But there's this, this insecurity in you of they're not going to, they're not going to uh, think what I have to say is legitimate. Yeah. Or they think uh, they're, they're not going to be receptive of what I have to say. And it's almost this insecurity of, like, what I have to say. I, I'm just not going to say it right. Like, I, I'm not a good enough leader to say what needs to be said with enough confidence that needs to be said. Like, if, you know, an 87-year-old was in the room, right? You know, right, an 87-year-old right. walks in the room, like, there's there's this, like, this, like... Universal degree of respect, yeah, honor, yeah, receptivity. Uh-huh, sure, yeah. sure. Uh, and and to, to that for a second, that point, as there should be, right, yes. to some degree, yes. like, 100%. you know, young, young to old, there should be that degree of 100%. It's just where it's where it holds you back when you aren't 87 yep. that we got to figure yep. out. Anyway. Yeah, it's almost this. I, here's an analogy. It's almost like you're you're an employee at a, at, a, at a company, right? I'm an employee at a company, right? And it's almost this insecure, like insecurity that like. Like if it were some, if, if the manager was to come into the room and to say what I would say, right. you'd receive it. Right. But because I'm just another employee, right. you don't receive it. Right. And so it's this insecurity of like, uh, and it's really just a lack of confidence in what you have, in what you have to say. Yeah. And, uh, I think that's a big one for me, yep. like uh, specifically for me. Like, I think a lot of it has to do with, uh, I'm, I'm a younger leader in the position that I am. And so leading people who are similar in age to me and then even harder people who are older than me. Right. 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 How do I, how do I, <laughs> that's nuts to me. Even think about that. How do I give correction to somebody or, or, or even just not even correction, but just, uh, an exhortation of sorts, sure. you know, to, to say something that needs to be said that isn't necessarily comfortable or doesn't necessarily feel like encouragement to somebody who's my age or older than me right. and still be confident. Like I'm a leader. Like what I have to say is valuable. Like, I, you know, I, I'm mature in the Lord, like, you know, being confident in who I am uh, with people who are the same age or older than me. And, and that's, that's a big one for me. I get really insecure with that. Oh, big time. Because I have this I have this thing in me that's like, I, I I know that the Lord's given me things to say and given me an ability to lead, you know, beyond even beyond my ears. And that's not an arrogance thing. That's just, that's just I believe the Lord's anointed me, yep. right? And, and how do I do that when I feel insecure? Like, man, they're just not going to hear me. They're just not going to be receptive. They're not going to, they're not going to listen like they would to somebody else. You know, that, that's a, that's a tough one. There's a moment where, uh, I think everybody's going to have to come to a moment in the, 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 the example you just gave about being a, especially a younger leader that whether the Lord opens up the opportunity or just whatever, you find yourself in a position where you have people under you, around you that are your same age or older. Um, everybody's going to have to come to a moment that they will have to make a decision, that they will no longer let their age or lack of experience yep. or whatever dictate to them their confidence level in which they will speak into something or to someone 
when when they need to. Yeah. Uh, because it's one of those things that if you don't address it in yourself and like really invite the Holy Spirit in to do something deep in you, it'll just be like this lingering cold that yeah. just lasts and yeah. you, it's this cough that just doesn't go away. Because you, if you don't actually do something about that, make a decision and come to a moment, I think it'll just linger. Yeah. I, I, and I say that from personal experience because I've been in, in a similar sp- position and similar spot for, for my life where as a younger leader from an earlier age on, I have been put into positions where it has been like I've got people around me that I have to lead and exhort and challenge at times Yeah, that are my peers or they're older. And I remember there just been years going on wishing that like, God, will you just help fix this for me? Will you just yeah. help make people more receptive? Yeah. And I think the Lord led me to a moment at one point and I remember just that that question he asked so basically like when are you gonna decide that I've called you yeah it's and good. that I'm the one doing something in and it's through good. you stay humble but you've got to you got to yeah. make that decision that you believe what I've called you called you to do yep um I got I got one one last thought about uh, an example from scripture about like somebody taking a moment of correction it wasn't even correction it was more like a like a re a re-guidance i had never seen it until a couple uh, a couple days ago when i was reading through acts chapter uh, chapter 18 and it never popped out like this until the, until i was just recent, re- recently reading it and i was so encouraged by it because i was like oh cool okay here's a moment where someone had a moment of of exhortation and it instantly produced a fruit uh, because of because of what took place, and it's it's in Acts eighteen, and it's with it's with the it's with the Jew named Apollos. So uh, he came to Ephesus, and it talks about him being an eloquent man, competent in the Scripture, and he'd been instructed in the way of the Lord, and was fervent in spirit, and he spoke and taught accurately the things of, concerning Jesus. Uh, so like this dude has been trained, yeah. he's experienced the God stuff, he like knows the Scriptures, yep. and like he's passionate, fervent. Yep. He's like, yep. he's outspoken in that yep. way. And it says in verse 26 of chapter 18, he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. But when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, so these are two older leaders, Christian leaders that have been under Paul's leadership. They've got, you know, maybe a little bit of a different degree of experience in life. When they heard him, they took him aside. I underline took him aside because that's like Mm. a leadership moment right there. Yeah, come on. They took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. And when he wished to cross to... Achaia, the brothers encouraged him and wrote to the disciples and welcomed him. And it, it kind of moves on forward. Uh, and, and it says that he he helped, he greatly helped those who through grace had believed, for he powerfully refuted the Jews in public, showing by the scriptures that Christ was Jesus. It's just, just this moment where you realize that like a couple of things have to, have to be in play here. First of all, Aquila and Priscilla have to be bold enough to have a backbone yep. to take a moment and be like, this guy's got something. He's passionate. He's he's fervent in in his pursuit of proclaiming Jesus, but like he's a little bit, he's missing something a little bit, and yeah. we can speak into it. Yeah, they had to have the confidence and security to pull him aside yep. to be like, we're gonna trust that God's gonna help with this, and then homeboy had to be receptive enough to receive it, yeah. and then not be like, forget you guys for you know I'm doing yeah. what God's called me to do, yeah. you know, and you know blah blah blah. But he was you know what we can see there is receptive. I think. I love that, and it reminded me that, like, you know, as as a leader trying to lead the next generation to encourage, empower, equip leaders more effectively, I have got to have more moments like that. Yeah. You have got to have more moments like that. Yeah. We have to. And I think we have to get ourselves to a place that we continue <clears throat> to trust God to do something in men and women's hearts that we can't always do. 
Yeah. We need to be led. By, we need to be yeah. led by the Spirit to be discern moments to know when yep. to say things that need to be said, even if it's truth, no matter what. But by and large, I think we need to have more of these moments, yep. these backbone moments, and yep. trust that God will take what what is spoken, yep. and in the right time and way, help do what it needs to be to to maturate their yep. their 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 growth and their heart to receive, and then also being okay that if they don't receive it the way we want them to, yeah. It's in the Lord's hands. Yep, it's good. And if they don't return right away, and there's fruit right away to what what we what we speak, that we don't know when that deposit's gonna 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 come up in a way that's gonna be fruitful. It might be five years from now. So I want to be faithful to speak it in love when I know I need to. Yeah. Because it might be it might be five years before that that seed that seed takes root and births something up in somebody in a different season. Yep. That if I don't speak it, potentially maybe that doesn't happen. You know, so I, I think next, I think leaders across the board, people across the board, need to have more difficult conversations more consistently with yeah. people, um, through love, gauging their, their relational equity, but being being willing to trust that God, God will do more with it and can do more with it than we can. Yeah. You know, in fear of not saying something that needs to yeah. be said when it needs to be said. That's really good. Yeah, I think people need to remember that when you know they look around and see the culture they don't want. Right, because they have to remember, like, I need to have more of those moments. Yeah. Like, because that that's what creates culture. Yeah. Like, setting the pace for like this is, you know, this is how we operate. You know, and because um, I think the culture we, you know, the culture we tolerate, is the culture we have. Yep. Right. And so. Yeah, that's really good. We have to. We have to have those moments. Cause like. Cause I, lo- I even that, even what you just shared like, all the description. Of the dude, like, are good things. There was nothing. There was nothing wrong. Right. Yeah. He's just missing. He had. He had a little bit to adjust. You know. And so they could have just tolerated. Yep. You know, maybe just a, a slight thing. You know, just a little small thing. And I think, um, we have to have the the boldness, and the courage to, to step up, and, not tolerate. Right. That that those things and not not be overkill with it. Sure. But to really set the culture that you that you want and not tolerate it. Yeah. yeah. And I think setting that culture, and you, you kind of implied this earlier about your own personal receptivity, but starting that culture, uh, it, I mean, that culture starts with me. Yeah. And it starts with you. Yeah. And, like, I, I have to be, be honest with myself about when the last time I really let somebody speak into something that yeah. needed to change yeah. and invite that conversation in and receive it. Um, and, and I think that that's something that leaders need to be constantly auditing and asking of yeah. themselves, who have I given the permission? And sometimes you don't give them the permission, but by, by the role that they have in your life or relationship that they have, they, they should have it regardless. But sometimes we need to be actively pursuing it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like, you know, my senior pastor or my, my immediate, you know, ministry director to be like, hey, I want to make sure when you see something that needs to be corrected or adjusted or can just be better. Please speak speak it into me and yeah. don't hold back. Yeah. Uh, and if I'm proactively doing that, I think for me, I think it, it will begin to flow out of the culture that we have around us more and more. Yeah. Uh, and I want to be I want to be a leader in that for my own self. Yep. As I'm holding that standard for the other people yep. that I'm leading. Yeah, it's really good. Closing thought. To wrap this thing up. Any, any final thought or or encouragement or challenge? Yeah. I would say that you and the people around you will never grow if what needs to be said is never said. Yeah, say it one more time for the people in the back. 
you and the people around you will never grow if what needs to be said is never said. Yeah. You just won't. Yeah. That's so good. So good. My, my closing thought is, uh, I mean, really, the, I think the promise that comes out of Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11, that says this, for the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. Yep. The moment. Yep. All of it feels. But later, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Yeah. And that could be a lot of things in the world of discipline, but I'm applying it to the world of tough conversations and yep. having a backbone. It's good. It's always going to feel painful. Yep. But if you are willing to endure and embrace that and receive it, and it will produce something in you that will never be produced if you don't have it. Yep. And, and I thank God for the leaders in my life who were willing to risk hurting, offending, stepping on my toes, whatever, to say something that was true in love um, and journey with me. And I want to be, I want to be that kind of leader yeah. that starts with me, but then also does not waver with the people that I'm leading. And so yeah. if you're, if you're a leader and you're listening to this, my challenge is don't shrink back yeah. from those conversations you know you need to have. In fact, even, even today, as you're listening, who, who do you need to have a conversation with that you've yep. been neglecting That's or good. refusing to have a conversation with because of some of the fears or some of the things that Wesley brought up with awkward, yeah. uncomfortable, insecure, uh, Invite God to speak to you and then yeah. and trust that he's going to do something yep. that you can't do by yourself. Yeah. And where in your life do you need to become more teachable? Yeah. Because I think we can get real caught up in how do we Oof. give correction, give feedback, give, 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 give. But I think we learn how to give by how we receive, yeah. and, you know, learning how to do that. And so where do you need to be more teachable in your life? Yeah. With who do you need to be more teachable? Yeah. So good. Come on. Great conversation, man. Yeah. Thanks for your thoughts. Love the love the journey you're on personally. Yeah. Because I'm watching it lived out. Come on. You know, in lifetime and yeah. And it's uh, difficult, but it's worth it. That's it. Yeah. It is difficult, but it is so worth it. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening to this episode of Next Gen Leadership Podcast. Uh, we pray it's a helpful conversation that you are being encouraged, empowered, and equipped to reach the next generation more effectively with the gospel every single day. Until next time, I'm Chase. I'm Wes. Praying for you guys. Have a great week. Peace.